Welcome to From Betrayal to Breakthrough, and here is a mini dose of Dr. Debbie where I'm sharing tips, suggestions, strategies, and sometimes just motivation to have you move past your betrayal once and for all. Hi there. So this episode is for the person who's been betrayed and feels there's there's just no way I'm ever going to heal from this. And I can't, I can't imagine ever moving forward, let alone using this opportunity to transform. No way. It, this episode is for you. I get how painful it is. I've been through it, you know, and, and I, don't, I don't talk about my story so much, but I want you to know, uh, well, first of all, you don't run something like the PBT, the Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute, um, you know, unless you need to. And it was really my own betrayals that led me to um, just to the study, which led to the discoveries, which led to everything that I'm doing now. But, and it was the betrayals of my family first, and then my husband. So, and I'll never forget, you know, when it was the betrayal of my husband, you're, and if you've been through it, you know, you're, you're shocked, like shocked. You're blindsided, you're devastated. Life as you've known it is no longer. You never in a million years questioned or or thought you'd even need to question. So you felt safe and you trusted and you were creating a life together. And there were these spoken or unspoken rules in the relationship. And then without your awareness or consent, you know, the other person just chose to absolutely break those rules. And you know, everybody remembers their D-Day, their discovery day. You know exactly where you were, exactly what happened, the emotions that you felt. And so did I. You know, I remembered that moment as if it were yesterday. You know, you do so many things so that you don't, you don't feel that same pain again. But it creates a psychological earthquake, you know, where your world is now compartmentalized into two camps before it happened and after it happened, because your life has just changed, changed so radically that it will never be the same. I'm not saying and suggesting it can't be that much better because it can be, but at that moment, life as you've known it is gone. And, you know, I had been through death of a loved one. I'd been through disease. I was in the ICU for 11 days. It's a miracle I'm alive. That's a story for another day. But the betrayal got me in a way no other trauma ever hit me. And I think it's because, well, and, and the study talked about this too, and, and what was you know discovered that betrayal is in fact a very different type of trauma. But think about it. Like, let's say you lose someone you love. You grieve, you're sad, you mourn the loss, you miss that person. You really miss them. But you don't necessarily question the love. You don't question where you were, where, where they were. You know, you, you, you didn't, you don't question your trust. You don't question your sanity, right? With betrayal, you do. Because the moment you're betrayed, maybe not the moment, but you know, soon after that, you start going back and you're like, wait a second, when I was thinking this, what were they thinking? When I was doing this, what were they doing? And everything comes into question and you start questioning everything and you, you lose your ability to trust. You don't trust, of course, the person who hurt you. And then you don't, you don't trust yourself because you're like, where was I? How did I not see? How did I not know? And then if you can't trust yourself and you don't trust in the other person, well, then how in the world can you trust in anything 
or anyone and the world becomes a scary place for a while. And I remember that, you know, going through that where I was in such shock, just such shock. And I was like, how do I move through this? And I, I couldn't think straight. Well, the first thing I did was I got him out of the house because I just needed to think clearly and not, not something that everybody does, but for me, that was the deal breaker. And that was it. And, and I had four kids to raise. I had six dogs at the time. I had a business, like I had to keep going. And in a way I didn't have the luxury of just crawling under the covers and staying there. Like I had to figure this out and I, I didn't know how I had never been through anything like this to this, to this level. It was, I didn't know what to do. And, uh, it's such a go-to thing for me to go read books or learn from experts. You know, when I go through something or when I need some kind of support and it, there wasn't anything. And so I was like, well, I just need to study it then. And I found myself enrolled in this PhD program. I mean, like here I was, I was 50, <laughs> like going back for school. It wasn't like I was a great student earlier on, but I, I just, there was something so like, I just needed to study this. I needed to understand it, how the mind works and why people do what they do and how I can heal. That was really my whole intention. And and then it was time to do that study. Of course, I studied betrayal. And honestly, it was really just to get myself out of this jam. And then it's so funny because when you're going through something, have you noticed that like the right people show up at the right time? And it was so interesting because the clients I started seeing at that time were coming to me because at the time I was, it was like this lifestyle business, health, mindset, personal development. And they started coming to me because of their betrayals. So I started sharing on a, just on a one-on-one -on -one basis with them, coaching them as best I could. And, and then I started sharing that I was going through the same thing. And they were, what, they were like, well, well, how are you doing this? I mean, they were medicating and numbing and, and I was just telling them the study, I'm doing this study and I'm just sort of the guinea pig. I'm, if the study said it works, I'm doing it. If it said it didn't work, I'm not. And I remember moving through this place of such despair and pain and heartache and heartbreak and confusion to this, this place of, of growing strength and eventual clarity and new boundaries and new, like this whole new discovery of wait a second, I was, I was settling in what I was tolerating. I, I wasn't really being clear about what I need. And just to keep the peace or go along with something, I was kind of compromising what was important to me. And as I was starting to heal, I realized I, this new version of me is not going to do that anymore. And that's the thing with betrayal too. We, you know, when, when someone, when we lose someone we love, we, we look at it as a loss and it is. And so often with betrayal, we don't look at it as a loss, but there is a death. It's a death of the old relationship and a death of the old you. That's the opportunity right there. Because when there's that death of the old you, you get to build 
whoever you want, where you look at the, all of the parts of you and you say, you know, I love that I'm in integrity. I love that I'm a kind you know, a, a person who gives. I love that I'm a good listener, whatever that is. But I don't like that I was settling. I don't like that something didn't feel right and I went along with it anyway. I don't like that I said yes when I should have said no to certain things. And you get to decide this new version of me, because the old you is gone, this new version of me, who do I want to be? What's important to me? I'm going to use this because everything crashed and burned to create a version of me that never would have had the opportunity to be created if this didn't happen, right? And I think we we miss that opportunity because when the betrayal happens, we take it personally. And I get it, right? We 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 say, well, it must be me. Am I not enough? Am I not thin enough, pretty enough, young enough, smart enough, rich enough, whatever? And we come up with all of these reasons because we figured it must be us. It has nothing to do with you. And I know it takes a while until we realize that because when someone is, let's say with an addiction, when they choose a drug or they choose alcohol or they choose gambling, it's a thing. And you don't necessarily take that thing personally. Does it wreck your life? Yes. But does it, but do you take it personally? No, because you're like, okay, it's their problem, their addiction. It affects me, but it's their addiction. But when it comes to choosing another, in the case of an affair, they are choosing a person. We do this comparison of like, wait, what are what was it that about me that wasn't enough? And it's a hard thing to unravel, but it's really true. It has nothing to do with you. It was that person's pain, that person's lack, that person's trauma, that person's unhealed whatever. Now, doesn't give them an excuse, of course, right? But it has nothing to do with you. And I can say that so firmly because we have a rebuild program where I'm working with the betrayers all the time and I'm hearing it from them. And of course, my own husband hearing it from him, you can only imagine we've had about a bazillion conversations. So the healing process though, the healing process, people think, oh, it's got to take such a long time. It's got to take years and this and that. No, no, it doesn't. And in fact, it takes such a long time for so many people when they're in therapy. And people say, oh my goodness, where are you going with this one? I've heard this a lot. We have so many people coming into the PBT Institute with therapy trauma. Now, let me explain. I'm a psychologist, but I'm a, I'm a coach first. And yes, you need to unpack your story, right? So that the person you're working with, this trusted other, knows what they're dealing with. But what I see so many people doing is they're unpacking and unpacking and unpacking and unpacking. And that's all they're doing. And then they leave and they feel heard, but that's pretty much all they get. And that's all they feel. And it's not moving you. It's not moving you forward. So of course, one of the other discoveries you've heard, if you've been listening to this podcast, you know, I talk about the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough all the time. And that's stage three. You get stuck in stage three and you get to be stuck in stage three. But you know what? You've been through too much to be stuck in stage three. You deserve so much more than that. So, so just, I'll just, you know, again, share my own story. So now here I was doing my own healing and my husband, you know, was like, just tell me what to read. Tell me what to do. I, I, and within days he got rid of his 
clothes, this crazy clothes and fancy cars and all this stuff. And, and the kids would tell me, man, four kids. And, but they were like, they were team mom, mom, whatever, whatever you need. We're, we're here for you. We are, we're with you, whatever you decide. And, um, and I think my husband transformed to the level that he did because he lost all of us. He lost me, he lost them. And he had to kind of earn it all back. And, and that's the opportunity for the betrayer too. And a lot of them don't take that opportunity seriously. Um, I have four, I have four kids with very different personalities and it was coming back to each one of them in the way they needed. So they could, um, they could build a different and new relationship. But it was, it was interesting because as this process was happening, I mean, I knew I was going to have to deal with him just because, listen, we had kids and this and that, but this criteria list was forming with me. And it was, listen, you, you do you, but I realized I was settling. And now there are certain things that are just really important to me. And I just had this list and I wasn't, I wasn't looking to, I was just, this was, this was who I was. And, and that was it. And we started talking and then we started becoming friends again. And I saw the difference and it wasn't even in the big things because the big things don't tell as much as the little things. Like the kids would tell me, you know, he, he, all of a sudden he became very spiritual and the kids would say, mom, he's like handing out Wayne Dyer DVDs and, and books to everybody. And he's training um, to, to, you know, he was doing hospice and sitting with people and he was going into New York City and sitting with the homeless and just people who, you know, whatever we say that it's currently okay to say, um, currently without housing. Uh, anyway, he was sitting with people and just being and just doing all these things. And, and, and I was like, okay, that's nice and all because he was using this opportunity to transform. And then on my own, you know, so was I. And I was like, wait a second, what is it? What is it that I want? I want, I want integrity. I want truth. I want to be able to feel safe and trust. I want fun and love and connection and, and all of these things that relationships are supposed to give us, but that over time, maybe in a long-term relationship, we, we start to, maybe we don't take it seriously, or maybe we don't, um, follow up on, or maybe it just doesn't mean as much. And these things started meaning a lot, started meaning a lot. And, and I see it, you know, with a lot of our members, the stronger they become and the, the more these new boundaries come into place, the more they realize, wait a second, if something doesn't feel right, I'm going to, I'm just not going to do it. Like for example, I didn't even know until my betrayal, I'm a highly sensitive empath. And here I was going to the, like a movie theater and seeing these scary movies. I don't like scary movies. So now it's just a no, it just is, you know, and if somebody else wants to go and have fun. Uh, it's just not for me. So it's, it's, you get to decide who it is you want to be, what rules are important to you, what's worth fighting for. And what's not? And in this process, in this process, you're becoming someone you really like because you're being honest uh, uh, with yourself. You're giving yourself the love and the compassion you're, that you need and you deserve. You're being your own best friend. We're so hard on us on ourselves, and we're so 
we're so quick to give our best to everything else. And then we have nothing left for ourselves. And I'll tell you, one of the things that really kept me honest in this whole process of being true to who I was and what I wanted was I knew my kids were all watching me. And I knew that I was, I was their role model. I mean, what, what would they see? Would they just see me taking it personally and using the opportunity just to think, well, I must not be enough or whatever, or because they they saw me crash, can they see me rise? And it was really important um, what they were learning and what they were seeing. And that's, and that's what they saw. So as that process was happening and I was slowly just becoming this new version of me who was, who felt strongly about what I needed, what I deserved and, and what I wanted. My husband and I started dating again. He was very different. And this was terrifying because how do you know someone has really changed? How do you know anybody who's been through it? When someone really changed, you will notice a different look in their eyes. And only people who've been through it know exactly what I'm talking about. There's a different look. And that's one thing, but it's in the little things. It's in those, those daily, seemingly insignificant little things that you hear something different. It's if the old version of them would get argumentative and, de and defensive, and this new version stops what they're doing and says, hey, wait a second, what do you need? You know, if the old version of them just would take care of their needs and then be like, oh, if you're an afterthought, right? The new version of them thinks of you first, whatever it is in your own relationship. But why in the world would you settle again? If you've, if you realize you settled before and you were tolerating less than what you deserved, why in the world would you do it to get, do it again? I mean, not only is your health just going to suffer because it can't not, but why wouldn't you use, use this opportunity just to become some, someone so much stronger, healthier, more confident, whole, healed, right? Happy. That's the opportunity. So fast forward. And what happened after that was. I really liked who he was becoming. He was the version, a better version of the guy I met, get ready, in 1984. <laughs> so, so you weren't even alive yet. That's when we started dating. And I really liked who I was seeing. And I was like, okay, you know what? This is, this is scary, but um, you, can start, you, can, you can start to trust this. And, you know, we have so many... Um, healing has to happen on every level, physically, mentally, emotionally, psychologically, spiritually, and trauma gets stuck in your tissues. It just does. And one of our coaches, they're all certified in the five stages, but one of our coaches within the PBT Institute is our somatic, our body-based coach, because especially in stage two, the trauma is just lodged in your body and she helps uh, release all of that. Well, I know, and I knew to take this stuff seriously as far as, you know, where this trauma lodges. And I remember learning tapping as just one modality that uh, EFT tapping. And I was like, okay, well, this is good because you could just do it when you need it. It doesn't take a lot of time. And it's very forgiving. It's a very forgiving practice. So I had, um, uh, and I write about this. I think I wrote about this in From Hardened to Healed or Trust Again. I'm not sure. And 
I had surgery in, in both feet for extreme arthritis. On the outside, they looked fine. On the inside, I had worn away all my cartilage. So every doctor said it was from years of running. And I'm like, I was only like in my 40s. Yeah, how was it that people can run into their 70s or whatever? And here I was like in my 40s and I could barely walk. Anyway, I, that's another story. I had surgery in both feet. And so it, because I just wanted to be able to wear heels, <laughs> judge if you like, but I just wanted to just be able to wear shoes that I wanted and all this stuff. Anyway, so, but I knew even after the surgery, both surgeries didn't work. I had to time it, time it out that if I was going to wear heels, like, I had to wear them right before the event, wherever I was going, take them off right after. Well, there was this one day, there was this one day that um, I was, I was wearing like, I don't know, some sort of like flat kind of boots or something. And I was just, you know, just going about my day. And then my husband and I were in this process now of starting to rebuild. And it was terrifying because that was it, right? And we were starting over totally over. And we were starting to rebuild. And we went out that night and there was, and I was, and it's important to know I was wearing flats all day. There was this one moment and it was just a moment where I felt safe, totally safe. And I woke up the, and it was a great night and then went to sleep, woke up the next day and my feet were killing me as if I were dancing in six inch heels all night long. And I was like, what the heck is this about? Let me try tapping. Cause I know here I was, I'm like, let me, what's something I can just try to figure this out. Cause maybe there's some energetic component going on. And so I start tapping and all of a sudden I hear, I don't even know where it came from. Your hard stance keeps you in a hard stance. Meaning my rigid unbending perspective keeps me in a rigid unbending stance. My hard stance, my hard way of thinking kept me in a hard stance way of, you know, with my feet. And I was like, wow, it caught me red handed. And I knew my mind at that point had so much to do with trusting and feeling safe and realizing that even though this went against every single thing I ever, I ever thought I would deal with, imagine healing from all of it. It was up to me. It was up to me. And I was one of those women who used to judge, like how in the world can you go back to someone who hurt you? But what I learned was if you go back to that same person, yes, that that's the problem when you're doing something new because both of you have radically transformed because of it it's not the same person and you're not the same person and in an opportunity like that it could be a totally different relationship and that's is it scary scariest thing i've ever done like i said i was in the icu for 11 days this was scarier because you're you're taken on. It's a full on reckoning of yourself, of every rule you've ever had, of every belief you've ever had, of every thought you've ever, you've ever thought like you're taking it all on and doing this and going with it soon after that. Well, it wasn't that soon after that we married each other again. And 
you know, it was new rings and new vows and a new dress and our four kids as our bridal party. And I, I didn't want this to be a big thing. I mean, it was very personal and I only wanted it to be the immediate family because I wanted my kids to all write something. I want to know how they felt. And I wasn't sure what to expect. I wasn't sure what to expect because, you know, would they look at it as like I'm weak or would they look at it as I caved or whatever, whatever it was and what they think of me is so important. And they all wrote uh, about my strength and they all wrote about how much they've learned about love and family and forgiveness and, and healing and all of these things. And listen, this is not the journey that a lot of people may want to take. You know, a lot of you may not even want your kids to know and that's, there's, I always believe every family knows what's best for them. This was, this was my journey. And what I can say now being on the other side of it, we're having more fun than ever. It's a whole new thing. Even our family, it's like, we're making up for so much lost time. We're having fun. We're laughing. We're being silly. We're giggling. We're just, it, it's just, it's different and it's new. It's, is it the same group? Yes, but no. It's based on such new levels of love and trust and integrity and honesty and willingness and, and remorse and regret and shame and, and all of it and all of it. And so I, I don't know. I just felt like I'm always teaching you you know, I'm always teaching you just all these things from all these experts that we bring in and, and these teaching points. But I just wanted you to know directly from me, um, I get it. I get it. <laughs> um, the, as if the betrayal of my family was not painful enough, the one from my husband was the one that just, you know, I say broke me whenever broken, bent, bit me pretty badly. And with that, uh, I didn't do anything you couldn't do, but the gift, the gift, and you've, you know, many of you have heard of the hero's journey. You know, the hero's journey is, you know, this person's sort of cruising along and then all of a sudden some problem comes and then they crash. And that's where a lot of people stay. And that's where they numb and they medicate themselves and they make excuses. And then they have all support around why they should stay in all of this. And what good does that do anybody? But when that person, when that person realizes, wait a second, there's got to be more than this. I've got to be meant for more than this. What if this was the catalyst I needed to show me just how lovable, worthy, deserving, beautiful, special I am? What if, right? And I'll tell you, there's doing that climb um, is, I'm not going to say it's easy. It is so beautiful. And I am so grateful and blessed to witness uh, the people within the PPT Institute who that's when they see their worthiness, when they get it, uh, you know, that's, there's in the, one of our, one of our assessments that we have, I came up with these forces of nature where each stage represented a force of nature and stage four, I, I named that bamboo because bamboo lives underground for what seems like forever. And then one day when bamboo is good and ready, 
it just shoots up unapologetically with the strength of like concrete and steel. And that's what happens when you realize who you are and, and your worth and your value. And it's such, it's such a, a, a beautiful stage. Anyway, so I just want all of you just to hear it from me. Uh, I'm not coming here teaching this time. I'm just, I'm just sharing. I get it. I get it. I've been there and back right with you, right with you. Uh, and I can, and I can tell, tell you for sure, if there's one thing I know, healing is not only possible, it's predictable. And do not let someone else's actions stop you from being the strong, beautiful, magnificent bamboo that you are. I gotcha. We gotcha. All within the PBT Institute. If that feels like a fit for you, if not, just please keep enjoying anything you're learning, anything you're hearing here. And um, I believe in you. Do not waste this opportunity. When you take the trauma and you turn it into transformation, that's trauma well served. I'll see you next time. You need the right tools, support, and the right community to move through the five stages from betrayal to breakthrough. And we have all that within the PBT Institute. So join us at the PBT, as in post-betrayal transformation, thepbtinstitute.com. There's a version of you who's so confident, healthy, peaceful, and happy on the other end of your healing. And we can't wait to help you get there. We got you. Thanks for listening. And here's to your breakthrough.